0: it's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. And I'm excited that you're tuning in again today. We are continuing a very special series as we've been talking about apologetics. It began a few weeks back as we were studying about the famous atheists and how they were individuals who claimed that they had understanding of the deep things of mankind and and the psychology of man. And ultimately, they had no answer, especially at their final days and their final breaths. There was no hope. They didn't know the hope of Jesus Jesus Christ, our Lord. And and so what we began in that series, in that discussion, was to go deeper in the Word of God, to really to take it to another step to understand and always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And then so the next step, what we did is we examined then uh, a little bit deeper into creation itself. And looking at, well, some of those age-old questions as we examine the age of the earth and how many days the earth was created in, and can we trust the Bible literally? Is it really as it says? Was a yom a 24-hour period of time? Did, when God said that he created in six literal days, can we take the Bible literally in that context? And therefore, can we trust the Bible as it gives us ages and dates and records human history? And Really, the reason for that is because if we can't trust Genesis 1-1, how can we then go through the rest of Scripture with absolute firm assurance that this handbook, these 66 books of the Bible, are telling us the truth? And with that understanding, then, we realize we have the handbook from Almighty God, and we can navigate life exactly by its direction, by its ordinances and decrees and the spoken word of Jesus Christ. And when he said he was in the tomb for three days and three nights, we know that it was exactly three days and three nights. So it's not left to the interpretations of men or or the imaginations of men. The Bible is quite clear from cover to cover, the revealed word of God. And so, the reason that we spent some time in that over the last couple of weeks talking about creation and the age of the earth and so forth was really to set up even what we're talking about today and the hope that we have is we explore even the physics of heaven oh it's a wonderful discussion to have because as we go into funerals yes i know even during this particular season as we have those difficult moments those sorrow filled moments even yet despite the fact that we're in a joyous time of year at christmas there are many who are struggling and suffering. and As a pastor, I could tell you there are a number of funerals we're already preparing for, and there are people going through those struggles. We look at those as moments of graduation. Great celebration of 1 Corinthians 15, as we see that we are transformed in a blink of an eye even, as we are graduating with a new vessel to explore and enjoy eternity with our Lord. And then Revelation 7, and when we see this multitude that can't be counted before the throne of God, yes, these moments of celebration we long for, look forward to, and that's why as we were examining the time and duration of this earth, it's important then for us to understand that to be absent from this ba- this body is to be present with the Lord forever and ever. And so in this season, it is especially a joy-filled time to turn to Scripture and to understand the greatest gift that was ever given through Jesus Christ our Lord to give us redemption and hope. And yes, through repentance, we would know the Lord. And yes, we would know the intelligent designer who has created all because our dangerous mental state is often... To elevate ourselves and to de-elevate God and through all of the conversations that go on around us, where they're elevating men and all of our uh, just you know, global consciousness and and the world wide web and trying to create God out of what man has devised and de-elevate the creator. My hope today is to elevate him to the position where he rightfully deserves in our lives to be God overall, that he holds Everything together, yes, every cell, every breath is a gift from him. And so let's just look at this today of the physics of heaven and be excited by this. And not to give you just sort of a scientific assessment of this, even though I geek out over these things, but rather to put our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith and to realize how awesome it is to to consider his ways, to dwell and ponder on him. And to think about how awesome he is, that's what the series really is all about, the awesomeness of God. And so if you've missed out on those prior broadcasts, you can go to calvaryfountain.com. That's right, go to calvaryfountain.com and you can download the prior broadcast, share them with your friends and family alike. That's our hope and prayer through this. Now, let me take you to Revelation chapter 7, verses 14-17 to 17 for just a moment. Here's what we read. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will d- dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Not hope maybe, but hope assured. So is this statement that I just read to you a statement about heaven or about earth? This is the question. Day and night they worship him in his temple. Well, after the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 21 that we talked about not long ago, God creates a new heaven and new earth, and there is no longer a temple, for God is the temple. Let's read that for a moment, Revelation 21, 1-4, and you can see how closely it resembles what we just read in Revelation 7, 14-17. He says, "...now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away." God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Now skip down then to verses 22 to 27. Here's what we read. Listen to this. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon, To shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall never be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall be by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those things, those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So when is Revelation chapter 7 verses 14 to 17 taking place? Since it describes a day and night and a temple. It could either be happening now in heaven or during the thousand-year reign of Christ, or is it written to try to help us understand with our limited understanding of a place that is without time? That's really what I want you to understand here today, because we talked about the six literal days of creation. Our minds struggle with the complexity that God breathed in a very short period of time. We struggle with that. There has to be more time. We limit ourselves. We limit the complexity of life by time. Time then rules over the minds of men, and we are limited in this construct, but our God is not. He is atemporal. He is outside of time. He rules over time and space. He created them all. Therefore, when he breathes, he breathes immense complexity instantly. There is no delay with God. He chose to create In six days. That's why I want you to think about the physics of heaven here with me for a moment. How do you describe then the chronology of time in heaven in a place where there is no time? I mean, what is time after all? Time is this component quantity of various measurements used to sequence events to compare the duration of events or the intervals between them and to quantify rates of change of quantities in material reality or in the conscious experience. Did you get all that? That's the definition of time. And it's this infinitely divisible linear continuum. And this takes into account the phenomenon such as time-time dilation, for fast-moving objects. I'll explain what that means here in a moment. That's the gravitational time dilation for objects caught in extreme gravitational fields, and it's just one element of a four-dimensional space-time continuum. For example, if you've ever seen the movie Interstellar, when one individual stayed in the spacecraft that was orbiting this planet, three others ventured to the surface of another planet, and the individuals on the surface of the planet only aged two hours... While the person on the space station aged twenty years, that's just some of the things that men are contemplating as they talk about these these theories of relativity and special relativity and such. So, you know, let me think about with you for here just a moment this mind bender that, that I ponder sometimes. What is one Earth day? Well, one day is a time it takes a planet. To spin around on its axis and make one full rotation. Now, here on Earth, that takes 24 hours. But on other planets, one day is very different. It only takes nine hours on Jupiter to complete a day. On Mercury, it takes 1,400 Earth hours, if you will, or 58 Earth days to complete one. Now, there are 365 days in one Earth year, which equates to 8,760 hours not accounting for all the leap years. That means that if in my life, in this body, most likely, you know, if I eat well enough and drink glacier water, maybe I'll live 90 earth years. And by comparison, I'd only live for one and a half years on Mercury if Mercury on the same orbit around the sun as the Earth, while using the same measurement of the planet's current rotational speed on its axis. So the variables in all of this, and I've probably lost you, I'm just going, I'm going to have to re-listen to that. And that's okay. Again, go to calvaryfountain.com. We can also send you all the notes on this. But the variables are matter, gravity, distance, and light, all of which were created by God. And we track time because all things in this universe decay. It all decays. It's a process, this this aspect of entropy, which is part of the second law of thermodynamics. So we need a fixed measurement, a standard cog, if you will, to measure the decaying process. By thus, our Earth's rotation on its axis as the orbit around the sun is our measurement. And there's a beginning and an ending in all things that are created in this created universe. But the arrow of time is always pointed back to God. The destination from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 has always been Revelation chapter 21 and 22, a place where there is no darkness and all beings with the Lord will love the light and be in the light. So the so-called arrow of time refers to the one-way direction or asymmetry of time which leads to the way we instinctively perceive time as moving forward from one fixed and immutable past through the present toward this unknown and unfixed future. So, as we talk about the second law of thermodynamics, then we, we can discuss a little bit more about physics, but God, like the very concept of eternity, has no bounds. He is not limited to space and time. In fact, he created time and was not limited by time. Therefore, God is superior to time. And we know that is true because God is omnipresent by his very word. Listen to these powerful words of Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? How about Proverbs The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. Colossians 1.17, one of my favorites. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You see, God is before time and after time, and God is everywhere. 2 Peter 3.8 says, One day is to the Lord Jehovah as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Psalm 90 verse 4, For you, a thousand years are as a passing day as brief as a few night hours. Therefore, time was intentionally created in our universe from a God who existed in timelessness. So there was a clock established for a reason. And I believe the seven-day creation that had a Sabbath rest incorporated into it was a timeline declaration. Just as all the feasts all pointed to the Messiah and his reign on the earth, the creation pointed to a final revelation that God was seeing his kingdom where only the tree of life exists and not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The final kingdom where all of God's children are gathered together in his presence forever and ever. See, heaven is a realm or dimension of timelessness since there is no aging or deterioration of any kind there. And in fact, we're told in Revelation 21-23 that there is no moon or sun, so when God brings forth the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no time. How do you measure something in timelessness? The point is to further reiterate what I believe is captured here in the King James Version of Revelation ten six. Listen to these powerful words. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Revelation 10.6. Some say that means that there's no longer a delay. But listen to this in the Aramaic and plain English. And he swore by him who lives to the eternity of eternities, him who created heaven and that which is in it, and the earth and that which is in it, time shall be no more. See, the law of thermodynamics does not apply there. So that means the moment you die, you graduate in transition, and you're not present in this body. Rather, you're in the presence of the Lord, as we see in 2 Corinthians 5.8. But what time is it on earth? We know that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God according to 1 Corinthians 15.50. So where did Enoch and Elijah go when they were just taken by God? Could, there be the, could these individuals be those two witnesses that we read about in the book of Revelation? It's possible. But if they are, then what have they been doing this entire duration since they never graduated from this earthly body? And we see that that is something that must happen If Philippians 1, or excuse me, uh, Psalm 116, even Philippians chapter 3. Have they been hanging around in Abraham's bosom? Or could it be like back to the future where they simply zipped forward in time in a sense of timelessness? Almost like when Christ was out there on the boat with his disciples and the storm had come up and he calms the sea. And then the Bible says that instantly they were to the shore. Just that there was no delay, or 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 as is Philip with the evangelist, he's instantly transported. We get a lot of examples of harpazos in the Bible. And it seems like time is no factor. We're going to be covering a great deal of that next week, just talking about some amazing things that happen in scripture where the space-time continuum barriers are broken right there in Scripture. But it could it be that Revelation 4, 5, and 7 are running concurrently, though chronologically for us. Outside of time as, they're reading, as we're reading about it, because we have to read everything in a linear continuum as we're limited by time, or that it's even happening at the same time as Revelation 14, but we have to read it in chronological order. Perhaps then Revelation 7 and 14 aren't that far apart after all. So there's one possible factor in all this that just the Bible has to read for us in finite understanding with a start and stop, because that's how we're built and designed by the Creator who is in timelessness. Because everything that we talk about in the physics of heaven, if you will, and everything that God has created has a past, present, and future. But how long is our present? Did 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 you time it? I mean, everything that we seem to do in this present body is either past or future. Everything I just said is now in the past. Everything I'm about to say is in the future. How long was the present? It's like writing a sentence and ending it with a period, then beginning a new sentence, except in heaven, there is no sentence. It's only one long period, and that period is God. Because he saw it all before it ever happened. Isaiah 46.10 and Psalm 139.16. In heaven, there is only present with the God of the universe. How awesome is that? Paul says we are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians five eight. We cannot have that here on earth, but we have it to look forward to forever with the Lord God Almighty. So by this definition, eternal things are not contained in time, measurable by time, or even affected by the passage of time. And this is where we understand then the atemporal nature of God and truly being outside of time with God, but he is incorruptible, immutable, and yes, even we who will be with him are still the creation with the creator. So 1 Corinthians 15, 53 says, For this corruptible must must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So even though we'll be with God forever and ever in his atemporal presence, we have to understand that he is always going to be the one who's superior to time, and we who are created in his presence, in an eternal body, are still the created being with the Creator. Now, we're just getting started on all of this. I mean, because we have so much to cover in the metatauta and the understanding of the things that are to come in the book of Revelation. The point of this entire broadcast is that we just bask in the awesomeness of God for a moment and recognize that as we try to de-elevate God and elevate ourselves by the measurement of the things that are created within the construct of that which is created we miss the awesome splendor of God as defined in his scripture, that he is outside of time. There is no limitation to God. This is why God can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible for him. And so in this season, as we celebrate the greatest gift of all, what we have to understand is that gift was given for reason that we would know him and spend eternity with him and have our mind blown all the time as we bask in the goodness and glory of God. I don't want you to miss that because in the noise of the Christmas season, we can spend it on all the wrong things, really delighting in how we've decorated our homes and all the wonderful gifts we've given to someone and And miss out on what this is really all about, that God came in flesh to dwell amongst us, to give us hope and life eternal, to be with Him forever, ever, in a place there is no time. And there's no measurement of time. There's no need for that because we dwell with Him forever and learn from Him forever and bask in his goodness forever. And it's an amazing story, and I don't want you to miss that. And so next week, we're going to spend even more time on it as Dr. Steve Ford will be back with me here in the studio. We talk about the physics of heaven, and we geek out together, and I hope you enjoy that with us. Again, if you've missed the prior studies, this is a broadcast of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays, And you can learn more at calvaryfountain.com. Please go there, pick up these podcasts, these broadcasts and more, all the sermon notes. It's all there for your use. We want to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And in this season, I want to encourage you also that as you're trying to make your Christmas plans, we would love to worship with you. We do have a free shuttle service. So reach out to us at calvaryfountain.com. We'll come pick you up so that we can worship together. And this coming Sunday, in fact, we're talking about why Jesus is named Jesus. We're going to talk about the betrothal period of Mary and Joseph, who Joseph was. Last week, we covered a little bit about the genealogy of Jesus, the powerful description given to us in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke 3, and understanding the genealogy of Joseph and Mary and how it all perfectly orchestrated the need for the virgin birth of Jesus Christ our Lord incarnate. And so I, w- I want you to be encouraged this time of year. As we celebrate Christmas, let's let's understand why we do that and the details behind it. Always ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. Again, I want to thank you for your consistent participation in this broadcast, listening faithfully week in and week out. And again, we want to encourage you with God's holy word. And so if you just need someone to encourage you, get on the phone, call us today, 719 382 And you can reach us at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. We want to thank you for listening again today to The Physics of Heaven Part 1. We'll continue our study next week, and then over the next couple weeks, we'll be talking about that Christmas message that you might expect at this time of year. Let's keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's learn more about Jesus Christ, our Lord, always ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And I'll assure you then, when you face that day, unlike those famous atheists who had no answer, no hope in them, the more we study about the Word of God, the more hope we have and the more confident we are in our faith. God bless you, my friends. Take care.